Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to New Creation Realities. And we're going to continue with our lessons in Christ. I'm calling this part two, uh, lesson one. <clears throat> and uh, once again, just uh, the reasoning on, on calling it that is because these are parallel classes with classes that I teach in Spanish for the Bible School in Mexico, um, Bria Bible Institute. So... In Christ, or New Creation Realities, In Christ, Part 2, Lesson 1. All right. And so, basically for this uh, lesson, I just wanted to do like a little bit of a recap uh, <clears throat> on our term in. And I wanted to look at uh, just something that caught my attention as I was going over this, over these notes. Let me look, let me look, let me look. Okay. Give me just a second. I have to grab some of my Spanish notes because here we go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nope, there it is right there. I already had it in English. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so what we've been doing We've been looking at uh, passages in the New Testament that have the word, the Greek terms, in Christ, which is basically in Greek, en Cristo. I've got it on the chalkboard behind me, en Cristo. And uh, the en is Strong's number 1722 for the Lexing, and Cristo is Strong's number 5547 for the Lexing. And I want to go ahead and just read uh, John chapter 14, verse 20. It's kind of our principal verse, I, I guess you could say, our main verse, <clears throat> where the term N is used four times. All right, so this is John chapter 14, verse 20. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, this is Jesus speaking, I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And <clears throat> I know I've covered this before in the past, in past lessons, but first and foremost, Jesus is speaking to his disciples at this time, his apostles, who are not yet born again. But he is speaking unto them, in regard to a time when they will be born again. Because this is before the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And this is, this is speaking for a time when these disciples would be born again, and basically speaking to all those who are born again. Because it's, it's the same thing right here for all who are born again. It is a, I don't really want to say a spiritual reality, but it's a reality of God in Christ, all right? In that day, you will know. And I've always, well, I can't say I've always, but I've, uh, <laughs> for quite some time, several years, uh, I've, looked at, I've looked at it this way as, as sort of a spiritual order. Reality, then the knowledge of reality. And that's basically... Uh, Kind of the way it is. In, if 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 you uh, permit me to give this example, 
like like a child that's born. I'll, I'll give I'll give myself an, as an example. When I was born in the flesh, when I was born, uh, <clears throat> I was always the son of my parents. From the moment I was born in the flesh, I was always the son of my parents. Now, I may not have known that at one minute old or one second old. I may not have known that even maybe at six months old, one year old, maybe even 18 months, two years, three years. I don't know. But there came a point in time when knowledge, natural knowledge, caught up with I don't want to say reality, caught up with what was true. I, the moment I was born in the flesh, I was the son of my parents. Now, they knew the truth, or they knew what was true. They knew the facts of the matter, whether I knew them or not. But there came a time when I became aware of the facts of the matter. That's more way, a better way of a more way. <laughs> That's a better way of putting it right there. So, once again, for us who are born again, brothers and sisters, we have been brought into the fellowship of life, the fellowship of the Father and the Son. We've been brought into a relationship with God in the person of Jesus Christ. Whether we understand it, know it, realize it, or not, this happens the moment of new birth. Okay, so once again, John chapter 14, verse 20. In that day, you will know. And see, uh, I can just picture so many are probably going to get upset or not like the following statement that I say. But when we are born again, my brothers and sisters, we are born ignorant. Just like a child in the natural, they are born ignorant of their parents, they are born ignorant of their surroundings, they are born ignorant of their natural life. When a soul is born again, my brothers and sisters, we are born ignorant. Why do I say this? I say this because for after the moment of new birth, I don't know for how long, how long of time we go about thinking, listen to why I say this, thinking we have some other life than Christ, who is the life of our soul. That, my brothers and sisters, is ignorance. But it's man's knowledge based on what man can see, hear, understand with the natural senses, okay? But we're not talking about the natural senses. We're talking about that which God makes known in the person of His Son, so there is what God hath done, moment of new birth, reality, Christ himself appearing in the soul. And then there is God making known what he hath done, the moment of new birth, the knowledge of reality, the knowledge of Christ, right? So once again, John chapter 14, verse 20, in that day, you will know, very important word, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I in 
you. That is reality at the moment of new birth. That is the eternal change that happens to our soul when Christ himself appears in our soul. At that very moment, it is literally not I, not what was, but Christ who lives in me. That is the eternal change. All right? And there is hope. There's hope in this verse because God does not leave us ignorant of all that has happened at the moment of new birth. No, no. Jesus says this, in that day you will know this reality. In that day you will know you are in me, I am in you. Because of, I am in my Father. All right, so that word in is Strong's number 1722, N, sounds the same, N in the Greek. This is a Strong's Greek Dictionary. Uh, for the term in Strong's number 1722, it says a primary preposition denoting fixed position in place, time, or state. He goes on to say, and by implication, instrumentality, medially or constructively, that is a relation of rest intermediate between uh, Strong's number 1519 and Strong's number 1537. Basically, it says this word in is in between these two Strong's numbers or these two Greek terms, which is ace and ek or x. All right, that's all it means. In is in between both of them, in the middle of both of them. But listen, uh, and I know that I've added my term here uh, for this definition. I actually found this definition the way the way it reads uh, in a different lexicon, and forgive me, I did not copy that one down, but I've read it before in past lessons. Uh, from our part one series of In Christ. There you go. <laughs> but listen, listen to the way I read this, and I'm going to interject my word here. And a primary preposition denoting fixed, Strong has, says position, but I say condition. And I just want to ask this one, this one question, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Is your salvation is our salvation, is it a positional thing of the soul or is it a conditional thing of the soul? Is our salvation a position or a condition of the soul? And I hope you answer a condition of the soul because, my brothers and sisters, if our salvation was a position then we would not have salvation. Salvation who is Christ himself. Before we were born again, our soul was in a condition, not a position, but a literal condition of death, separated from God. At the moment of new birth, once again, the eternal change comes to our soul and this, because Christ himself is now present in the soul, the soul is now found in the condition of life. Because life, who Christ himself is, is present in the soul. So then, Strong's definition for the word in, Strong's number 1722, a primary preposition denoting fixed, here's my word, condition. In place, time, or state. 
And by implication, instrumentality, medially or constructively, that is a relation of rest intermediate between Strong's number 1519, ace or ice, and Strong's number 1537, or x. All right, now I want to look at these two Strong's uh, numbers, these two Greek terms that are on either side or that are encompassing, or well, I, can't, I, don't, I don't want to say encompassing, that have n in between them. There you go. The first one, Strong's number 1519, ace or ice, a primary preposition to or into, indicating the point reached or entered. Indicating the point reached, past tense, or entered, past tense, of place, time, or figuratively, purpose. So, <clears throat> Here you have something that has already happened, all right? The next Strong's number is Strong's number 1537, ek or x in the Greek. It says a primary preposition denoting origin, the point whence action or motion proceeds. And this word origin got my attention like never before or maybe before, and it got my attention again. <laughs> but a primary preposition denoting origin. And when I thought about that, I thought about, which we will read here in a little bit, John chapter 3, verse 3, is what I thought about. Origin. In this sense, Genesis. All right, so I've got to switch. I've got to switch uh, chalkboards here. So here's here's our word en Cristo. En the Greek word en followed by the Greek word Cristo in Christ. All right, so there we go with that. Here, let me switch out our board here. There we go. Not the smoothest transition, but it'll work. All right. Let me just go ahead and uh, well, let me explain this before I before I read these uh, definitions and before I read the passage in John. But a primary preposition denoting origin. Okay, first and foremost, before we we are born again, we are brothers and sisters, born in the flesh, born of. Adam, born from below. That was our, listen to what I say, Genesis, <coughs> excuse me, beginning of the flesh. Now, when we are born again, we are born from above, born from the beginning, we have a new, our soul experiences a new Genesis, a new beginning, born of the Spirit, born of God, born of Christ himself. So, we're either born of Adam, when our soul is in a condition of death, those who are not born again, or we are born of God, 
And our soul is found in the condition of life because Christ, who is life, is found in our soul. So <clears throat> let's, uh, let's look at John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And this is, we all know this, this is a conversation with Jesus and Nicodemus where Jesus says, you must be born again. And uh, this is verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He goes on, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is, verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh that is born in Adam that is our natural birth that can be seen with a natural eye and understood with a natural mind and definitely heard with the natural ear and that which is going on and that which is born of the spirit is spirit born again born from above a new beginning Okay, a new origin, a new source. Before we were born again, our source was death. Adam, the Adamic man. Having been born again, there is a new source present, Christ himself, the Lord from heaven. Okay, <clears throat> so verse 7, Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Verse 8, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And I don't want to make a huge commentary on this, but basically it's like this. We cannot see the wind. We just know its effects. So those who are born again, you cannot see with a natural eye a person and say, oh, they're born again. It, it, it's in, it is impossible because the natural eye has an unrighteous judgment. When we look and judge after the natural eye, it is unrighteous in all its ways. Listen, even if it is right, it is still unrighteous. Not judging according to the flesh, right? So... <clears throat> Born again. And I wanted to look at those two terms, born and again. It's a genethe and anothen. All right. So this is the theological dictionary of the New Testament, the little kittle, the abridged, <laughs> abridged version for John chapter 3, verse 3, born. We're looking at the term born. Genethe. Strong's number 1080. And what I did, I did a Lexeme search on this one. So this is under C, generation by the deity, and number four under C. All right. It says, 
Genethani in John. John always gives the point of origin. Here we go again. Origin from whence, from where, the source. All right, it goes on to say, uh, gives some examples uh, in John 3, 5, which we read a second ago, as far as origin goes, or actually, let me keep on reading here. God in 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, and John uh, chapter 1, verse 13, that is God is the origin. Then the Spirit, mentioning the Spirit as the origin, in John chapter 3, verse 5, water as the origin in John chapter 3, 5, the flesh in John chapter 3, 6, and then it goes on and it makes a statement here, birth from above belongs first to Jesus himself and then to the believers who, as members of the new ion, have a share in the Spirit and are thus united to Christ, passing from death to life because life himself is present and that's my own comment because life who Christ is is present in the soul at the moment of new birth our soul brothers and sisters has passed has past tense passed from death the condition of death unto life the condition of life once again because Christ himself is present Okay, so that is uh, the word born. Genethe, or genethe, genethe. This is the word again, because the words are born again. This is the word again from John chapter 3, verse 3. Anothen, uh, Strong's number 509. It is, this is the theological dictionary of the New Testament, the complete 10 volume on this one. So it's not the abridged. Okay, uh, it says, and I'm just reading excerpts out of these. It says, both in and outside the New Testament, A, like letter A, an adverb of place from above. And then it gives on letter B, C, D. Uh, B is an adverb of time from an earlier period. C, from the first. D, anew. Okay, but we're looking at A specifically right now, an adverb of place from above above versus from below. Our natural birth was from below. Our spiritual birth or our new birth born again is from above. Born from above. Born from the beginning. Okay? <clears throat> and even with the word beginning, uh, when you really take it to its furthest extreme of definition, the beginning is Christ himself. So when you think of it that way, my brothers and sisters, our soul, <laughs> hold with me, our soul did not have a beginning until we were born again. You can think about that for a while. Going on with the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament uh, for the term again, anothen, anothen, it says, as regards John chapter 3, verse 3 and verse 7, the original usage does not help to, to, decide the, to decide, but inclines in favor of A, letter A, born from above, okay? 
And it goes on to say, uh, it is decisive that elsewhere, John always uses anothen in the sense of letter A, born from above. And he always describes birth in terms of its origin. That is the examples. And this, this is with that word again, before we're looking at the term born. Okay, that is uh, of God, of the spirit or flesh, of water and spirit. It goes on, at birth, I love this statement, at birth, a life always begins at the beginning and not at some point in its course. At birth, a life always begins at the beginning. If not, it would not be... There's no other way to explain it. I, I, that's the best way. At birth, a life always begins at the beginning and not at some point in its course. So, once again, for the born-again believer, the soul's beginning is Christ himself. That is the beginning of our life, of our existence in regards in regard to God Himself, of its new birth itself. Okay, I don't want to keep, try to keep on explaining it because I think I'll just confuse the matter. But Christ himself is the beginning of our soul. All right? I wanted us to look at Ephesians now. And we've looked at Ephesians several times in the past. And uh, just in in view of John chapter 3, verse 3, where Jesus says you must be born again, and that is born from above, born from the beginning. Once again, this is Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 1 through... I don't know if we'll read all 10 or not, 10 verses, but definitely begin with verse 1. And you he made alive. Now this is, we know this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church, those who are born again. So we who are born again... It's the same reality he's declaring for those who are born again, born from above, born from the beginning, all right? <clears throat> and you he made alive, who were, times past, dead in trespasses and sins, born of the flesh. Verse 2, in which you once walked, times past, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Verse 3, among or in whom we, whom also we once conducted ourselves times past. And he's basically giving a contrast of before you were born again and now that you are born again. Born again. 
before Christ was present in your soul, and now because Christ is present in your soul. All right, verse, so that, that was a condition before, in a condition of death, all right? Verse four, but God, who is rich in mercy. And here's the thing, brothers and sisters, we know that Jesus, uh, I think it's mentioned three or four times in the Gospels, speaking to his disciples, he says, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now, that's not a one-time statement that Jesus made. No, that is an eternal statement that he made. With man, it was, it is, and it will forever be impossible in regard to that which pertains to God. Okay? Apart from God performing a miracle, a soul is not born again. God must, by His Spirit, perform a miracle for a soul to be born again. Uh, I gave this example, <clears throat> and it's kind of an off-the-wall example, but it's, it's really I mean, pictorial in your mind when, when I mention it. But uh, let's, say, let's say you're walking by a graveyard, and you're walking there, and you, you, you have, let's say you're, you're drinking a, a soda, and you just absolutely love this drink, or just whatever drink it is. Um, and you offer your drink to those who are dead. There's no response, brothers and sisters. In fact, the dead cannot even hear you nor understand you. Therefore, there is no response. That is exactly the state and condition that our soul was in in regard to God Almighty offering unto our soul presenting unto our soul eternal life in the person of his Son. There was completely no response whatsoever. God had to perform a miracle by his Holy Spirit to give our soul the ability to respond to that which God forever and eternal, eternally offers unto the soul of man, Christ his beloved Son. That was a miracle of God. For everyone and anyone who is born again, you are born of a miracle of God, something that God Almighty has done. Not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So once again, with man it was is and forever will be impossible in regard to that which pertains to God. Because man can do a lot of things. We can produce tons of Ishmael's brothers and sisters. We can do a lot of things. But in regard to that which pertains to God, we can do nothing. Now, remember how I mentioned earlier in the class, um, just in order that I've, that I've kind of uh, settled into, I guess, with, for, for several years, where there is reality, then the knowledge of reality? Well, man can do nothing for reality to appear in man's soul. Basically saying, man can do nothing for Christ to appear in man's soul. Impossible? 
with man, but with God, all things possible, okay? Now, in regard to the knowledge of reality, in regards to the knowledge of Christ who is present in the soul, with man, it is still impossible. It still requires a miracle of God. Because with man, it has been, it is, and it will forever be impossible. But not with God, for with God, all things are possible. So, <clears throat> verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy. God takes the initiative, steps in, does, and performs what man could not do. Even if he wanted which he doesn't even know he wants. Okay? Because of his great love with which he loved us, even, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit. Sit together in the heavenly places, and here's our two Greek terms, in Christ Jesus. In Christo Jesus. Jesu. All right? And I will, I will mention this because here's kind of where the Lord has my own heart with the journey of Abraham with Genesis chapter 17. But I want us to look at Verse 1 through 2 of Genesis, excuse me, of Ephesians 2. I want to read it again. And you he made alive, here we go, who were dead in trespasses and sins, verse 2, in which you once walked. Okay? You had the condition of your soul was death. Your soul was in a state of death. And you moved, you walked in that condition, okay? Back to verse 5, I'll, I'll read verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, Verse 6, and raised us up and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in Cristo Jesu. Sit, established. Rea reality appears in the soul. The soul is now brought unto reality, Christ himself. Remember, in that day you will know I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Eternally set and established in Christ, in salvation, in righteousness, in grace, in mercy. All these terms whom Christ himself is. All right? Sit is where we are from the moment of your birth eternally established and set in Christ because Christ himself, the Son of the living God, is eternally set and established in our soul. 
Now, brothers and sisters, this being the case, we ought to begin to walk. Now, <laughs> don't try to do it. <laughs> you can't. Because even as the Lord had to reveal himself as El Shaddai, El Shaddai in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, to Abraham, to Abram at the time, God and God alone is the only ability there is to walk in the reality that our soul has come unto the moment of new birth, to walk in Christ where our soul has already been brought at the moment of new birth. Okay? So I just wanted to mention that out there, just the walk and the sit, or the sit, and the order sit and walk, because that's... Uh, one of the things that are on my heart. But anyway, these are just uh, some of the things that it caught my attention when looking at the our terms again in Christ and Cristo. And uh, once again, what struck my attention was the origin, denoting the origin from whence action or motion proceeds, from whence the source is. You know, before we are born again, our source is Adam, but the moment of new birth, the source has completely and eternally changed. And the source is now the Lord from heaven, who is Christ himself. So uh, this is the genesis of the soul. The beginning of the soul. And this beginning, once again, brothers and sisters, is Christ himself. So I'll go ahead and leave you with that. I know we didn't go uh, too far time-wise. But uh, that's fine. This is really all that was on my heart. And um, just once again, present this to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would take and present to our heart that which the Lord would cause our heart to know of Christ His Son. Amen? Amen. The Lord bless. We'll see you in our next class. Amen. Or lesson. <laughs>